Welcome to a non-canonical episode of Nobody Special. This week I'm talking about the chosen and what the Bible says about art. The Gospel Post presents Nobody Special. Hey everyone, welcome to Nobody Special. This is a show where typically two generations of people talk about God, pop culture, and politics, and everything in between. But this week, um, it's just one generation. It's me. Danny's out of town at camp, so that means you're stuck with me. Danny, typically, I think this is honestly the first uh, episode he's ever missed, um, if unless we've taken a week off together. But he has a great attendance um, record at the school of nobody special, but not this week. So you have me. We're going to dive into some fun topics, I think. I got to choose uh, all by myself this time. I'm a big boy now, and um, Danny's not here to hold my hand, so we'll see, we'll see how I do. But diving right in, um, this week is pretty big in my opinion, because the Olympics have begun as of today. The the day that this episode is released is the night of the opening ceremony. And that's super exciting because who doesn't love the Olympics? Um, I mean, probably some people, but I love it. And I'm especially excited. I always like the soccer because you have uh, basically a mini World Cup that's happening. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen too often, you know? Those both the Olympics and the World Cup happen every four years, so um, it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch soccer. Obviously, there's swimming, volleyball, all the classics, ping pong. I actually like to watch a lot too, but um, I'm super excited. And it's it's interesting because it was canceled last year for 2020, um, so I guess their four year schedule has been thrown off. I don't know if they're gonna do a three year gap this time, or if it's just gonna be perpetually from here on out four years um four years still but it's super interesting and i'm excited to see how they <laughs> deal with that but it is it is fun and i like the olympics because there's a sense of unity in the air um even though every country is competing against everyone uh i i feel like there's this this fun sense of joy in the air for a little bit you know especially these past couple of years where there's been a lot of discombobulation between elections, racial conflict, um, COVID, we all know the, the scoop, but I, I think that if, if we can have a little bit of peace and unity for these 15 days, I hope that it lasts and I hope that it goes well, um, and that we have some fun, but there's only one thing that can really bring true, um, sustained unity, and that is, you guessed it, Jesus Classic, and we're going to talk about him today, and you might be wondering, Caleb, don't we always talk about Jesus on this show, Um, and you'd be right, well, I mean, hopefully, uh, he's typically the center of our show, Um, but what I mean is, we're going to be talking about The Chosen. Um, Jesus depicted on screen um, through film and and it's super interesting I, I like the chosen um, and I've really been enjoying just watching through it I just finished today 
studying for this episode, the second season, which was pretty good. And I want to talk about I want to talk about the chosen and and two things in this episode actually, and that is the chosen. Is it biblical? Should we watch it? And and what can we learn from it? I think that that's always an important question to ask. And then also, what does the Bible say about art? And I think these two things are intertwined um, more than we know. And and I think that it, there's there's a lot of interesting things to look at and to to learn. So. And you also might be asking, once again, Caleb, um, you're asking me a lot of questions, but Caleb, what is The Chosen? And if you haven't heard of The Chosen, I'd be very surprised, but The Chosen uh, is a show that was crowdfunded and is about the life of Jesus, his disciples, and and really displays it in a unique way. And it was launched by VidAngel, the studio, in 2019. It's directed by Dallas Jenkins. For any of you who care about cinematography, I know I do. Um, I don't know how to say his name. His last name is very long. But it was uh, Atkiss, I want to say. That's how you pronounce it. But there's been two seasons and um, over 230 million views, which is pretty amazing and insane because this is a free show, unless you want to fund it, obviously. Um and and I think that it's really made a cool impact in in these past couple of years that it's been out. In a brief synopsis of the show, is is it's about um, obviously, like I said earlier, Jesus, his disciples, um, and their 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 conflict between Rome and the the Pharisees. And this is very similar to the Bible, which is. <laughs> obviously what it's based on and and I, just a couple of things I like about the show I'm just gonna list off real quick I think a um, it does a really great job of showing the humanity of Jesus and his disciples um, I think it's made really well uh, the production value is awesome and doesn't feel cheap uh, like a lot of these other Jesus shows we've seen um, and I think it nods to the writing of scripture a lot, which I like, and that's, that's something that I've had fun watching. I think my favorite episode out of all of them, and obviously really quick before I fully dive into this, if you haven't, if you haven't watched it, um, and you don't want it to be spoiled, um, then I'd watch it. And obviously it is, it's based off of scripture. Um, and it follows it very closely. So if you've read the Bible, um, which hopefully you have, um, then you know a lot of what's going to happen. But it has uh, a lot of different things in the way the story flows that you might not expect. And um, and so if you want to watch it and not want to like hear me just spoil all of it in the in the way things flow, then you should do that before listening to this episode. But um, like I was saying, my favorite episode is season two, episode one. I think that uh, they did a really great job of of showing, like I was saying, nods to writing the writing of scripture, which is like super interesting to see in one of these shows where they kind of jump into the future. They do a lot of time jumping because obviously, um, just like the Bible, um, there is there's things that are intertwined. Everything is connected in the Bible. 
Um, it's one big story, and it and it has a lot of different connections through past and and prophecies for the future. Um, and so they did a really cool. They do a lot of cool time jumps like that in the show too. And this one in the beginning of the episode jumps to the future, and it's uh, all of the disciples that you've seen in season one. They're being interviewed by someone. Um, you don't really know. You're kind of like suspicious on whether this is like the the Roman government or some of the Pharisees questioning them. But um, it turns out to be John, and he's he's getting everyone's account, and and it's and he's writing his the book of John, right? And so it's an awesome episode because it starts out there, and throughout the entire episode, it's jumping back and forth, and there's a part in the episode where they're back in in time where they're still with Jesus and Jesus is reading Genesis in a synagogue and as he is reading Genesis it's jumping it's cutting between the past and the future of John writing and and obviously if you've read John you can tell that the beginning of it is almost like a poetic version of Genesis and um, they just did a really cool job of showing that because it's John kind of using his creative juices, which we're going to also get into later, to to write that part. And and you can see John looking at Jesus in the past and like these things are just like clicking. And, and you can tell that he's using that in the scene from the future to write it. And I'm not even sure if any of this is making sense with me explaining it, which is why you should watch it. But it was really cool. So that's one thing. And then also... Um, another thing, specific thing I liked is the cinematography of the opening in season two, episode four, which is talking about the account from John chapter five, the cripple at the pool. And it's showing his past of, uh, the character who they named Jesse. I don't know if that's biblical or not, but, um, they, they talked, they, they showed, uh, how he became a cripple, how that affected him as a child into his adult life. And it was really cool. And I think the cinematography on that was absolutely insane and and different from the rest of the show and really just well done and well thought out. And I liked that a lot. And I think the acting is great in this show. The depiction of the Jewish culture back then feels really authentic and you can tell they did their research. Um, and those those are just some things that I like right off the bat. But as you can kind of hear me saying, uh, there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily from the Bible in this. So, if this is a if you if you want to watch a show where this is just purely from the accounts in the Bible, um, this is not it, and and you're not going to enjoy it. But I would encourage you to go ahead and watch it because I think there's a lot to learn um, from these these things. But that is a bunch there's a bunch of criticism that comes to the show from its abundance of scenes and story that is not actually based from actual biblical accounts but um i think that they did a really good job of taking it seriously and in doing their research and i think that it is it's really cool to see this story unfold in a way that is ties a lot of things together um, although the, the timing and everything may be super, super whack compared to what actually happened in real life, I think that it is a cool artistic way to show it. 
but that that is there are problems that come with that right and so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about so does that mean that this is uh heresy does it mean that it's sinful or unprofitable to watch um no i don't think so i think like i said the the story that dallas and the writers have put together um and how they have woven these stories and accounts from the bible together um has given like these historical events a lot of realism in my mind and i think that it's affected a lot of other people that way too and so i i mean i think that everyone is ingrained somewhat with this um this view of the bible from from when you're kids and you're in sunday school right if you grew up in church obviously not everyone views it like this but i'd say especially people who grew up in church view these um, accounts in the Bibles as story and and not really things that actually happened, right? And so I think um, this this kind of helps break that. At least it did in me, and and I think that helpful things that they steps that they took was at the beginning of um, I think each season they they warn you. And they say that this is, there's like extra biblical content in here. This is not meant to be a substitution uh, for scripture. And and they did say that they condensed a lot of timelines and, and kind of smushed things together. And I think that that was really cool for me to see. And, and specifically for them to say this is not uh, a substitution for scripture that they highly encourage you to to go and read the gospels for yourself and and I think that that is is great and I think that they're taking it seriously and and does that mean they're going to get it perfect no um I think as humans we have errors especially when we're trying to um create something that is inspired from the word of God and it is very tricky to deal with, um, especially because of all these different um, views of Christianity alone, of the interpretations of the Bible. Um, I mean, you look at, I think a lot of criticism they've also received is from Catholics and Protestants because of all, everyone just has a different view of the Bible. It's just true. Um, and so when you have that and you have a bunch of people this show that's trying to appeal to this massive group of people, you're going to have a lot of whiplash back and forth. You know, oh, Mary wasn't depicted as holy enough, or um, Protestants just getting really nitpicky with the theology of things. Um, and and there's for sure, there's for sure things in here, in and I think that's going to happen naturally when you have scenes that are not based purely on scripture. There's things that just go a little that are a little bit wonky and that's that's fine at least for me because you have to go into these things whether it's any like any tv show um you have to go into it realizing that this is not the word of god this is um this is something that i i can learn things from for sure and but you you can't let your guard down with anything and that's that's the reality of it um, and I would encourage you, whether it's a show you're watching or um, your pastor, even preaching at church, me and Danny talked about this last week, that you would, you know, pray and 
think about things and and hold every thought captive um, and everything that someone is saying, I don't think that you should just take it for, um, you know, I don't know what the term is. Take it with a, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you could probably, I mean, if it's your pastor and you trust him, you should probably give him more than that. But um, there, you should you should be aware of what you're watching, what you're intaking, and and the same goes for the chosen, because it's made by humans. Humans have error. Um, no matter how how much we aim towards heaven we're going to get some earth thrown in and i think that's a cs lewis quote i don't know but and it's it's true and i think that we see that in this there's there's a scene um or a lot of scenes in season 2 where there's kind of like this love thing going on between a couple of the disciples and i that's the one thing that's the one thing that i was a little bit uh just i don't know um thrown off by <laughs> i didn't feel like it was super necessary um but i i think it could be it could be reality right i mean the disciples were human there's things that stir up in humans called lust i don't know if you've ever heard of it um and i don't think that this the disciples were uh different and and i think that it was interesting to show that it was, it was between Mary and Matthew and uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know how I felt, but there's things like that, that you just need to take into consideration and you, and really just don't ingest this as the word of God. Like they said, they warn you about it. Um, so I, I don't really understand why people are like getting super upset when they, they're, they say that they're taking an artistic approach to it. And you see that warning and then you get upset that there's an artistic approach taken. So, you know, maybe, maybe calm down a little bit, but there's, there's definitely a lot of conflict around it, but I think it is a truly, like they said, an artistic take and thoughtful take on the gospels. And I think it's super, super interesting. Sip of coffee. Um, and so we look at this and and like I said, I want to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about art. And and so is is the chosen art? And if we want to uh classify that um or break down if, if it is art, then we have to see what the Bible says about art, right? And this is honestly something I've never really done before. Um I've never really thought about what the Bible says about art, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But let's dive in. I was doing some research, and um, and there's really not a lot of places in the Bible where it specifically says um, art, and in, in, it translates through to art. But there are a couple places. And like I said, if we want to figure out what the Bible says about art, then we have to go to the Bible. So that's just logic. So I the verse I found was from Exodus 31, chapter 31, verse 1. So let's go ahead and read that. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, 
to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. We can stop there. So these verses are talking about Moses and how God called him to create this tent to hold the Ark of the Covenant. And and specifically, um, this these, these verses from chapter 31, verse 1 through uh, 11, that it's talking about these two men. I just read about Bezalel, but there's another guy named, I don't know, his name is a bit hard to say, Oelab, something like that. And how God has um, appointed these two these two men to create and, and make this tent beautiful, to glorify God with their art. And I think there's there's things that we can learn from this small little section talking about um, these artistic designs. And I think that that is God loves and desires art from his people, um, that it is glorifying to him. And, and I was reading an article on this on these specific verses as well, and I think they, they put it really great. Here's a quote. It says, he likes it and he is the source of it. That God put his spirit in them and, and ability and intelligence, knowledge, craftsmanship, all of these things uh, to for them to be capable of creating. That we are incapable of creating something that is glorifying to God uh, without him. And, and that is, I think, awesome. And one thing that's super cool about creation and us getting to create things is that it is just a pure mimic of who God is and his character that he has installed in us. And, and I think that's awesome because he, he is obviously the, the master creator. He created um, our existence, us, and even the concept of creating, uh, which is hard to think about, but probably true. And, and I think that that's super cool. And I think it's a form of worship that is glorifying to him that we would use these skills that he's given us to to make something beautiful and glorifying to him. And and I think it's a form of worship for sure, for sure. And and I think craftsmanship, I that word sticks out to me because this is that means that it's not something that is just quick and easy um, or uh, just something that's not worth a lot of value, that we, we put time and effort into these things. And, and that's something that God taught me early on in my short career of, I don't, if you didn't know, I do filmmaking and uh, haven't been doing it too long, maybe four years. But when I first started, I was doing an apprenticeship at the church I go to. And I just remember wanting to, to just, go ahead and, and create all these things with like three months of of um skills built up, right? And and slowly realized that God was teaching me that the the importance of craftsmanship, that this is something that takes time and I went on to to get a job at a studio and and sharpen my skills there, take time to really learn the craft and to get craftsmanship in, in the skill of filmmaking. And 
And I think that he taught for sure that craftsmanship is important and that the quality of your work is important, especially when it's for the kingdom. And I think you see that here, that we can't do it without the Spirit of God in us. And and what an honor it is that he would even use us to create things for his glory. And I think that just like any, any good thing that we do, we feel this resistance against us. And I read this really great book by uh, Stephen Pressfield called The War of Art. And he talks a lot about this, this character that he almost made called The Resistance and how it really doesn't like creation because ultimately what he comes to talk about in the book is that creation is not just a, a selfish act for us to do that it is it is a service to to people it is something that's glorifying to god that we would allow this to flow out of us and i want to read a couple excerpts um from this he says resistance cannot be seen touched heard or smelled but it can be felt we experience it as an energy field radiating from a work in potential. It's a repelling force. It's negative. Its aim is to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. And you can tell he's writing it in, in a way that is to help everyone engage, Christian or non-Christian. But he is a Christian himself. And, and I think it's super interesting, this concept of resistance, which us Christians, we'd probably... Um, relate that to our flesh or even um, dark forces against us. And I think that it's super, super interesting because sometimes I think of creating as this this thing that we just do, that it's not important, it's just a part of life, which I think some things that we can create can be, for sure. Um, some are more important than others, like I, like you see here in this verse that God is specifically appointed these people to create this very specific thing to glorify him and puts importance on it, right? Um, but this this act of like force called resistance, I think um, is almost uh, validating in a way to to looking at creation, for me at least, that it's the thing that is a good force, that it is something that God uses, and that it is something that is not a selfish act, which he talks a lot about in his book, but it is something for people, that it can help point people to the cross and show them the story of the gospel. And I think that those are the ways that we are um, using creation to to glorify God. And and I want to read another. <laughs> I, just, I have a lot of a lot of excerpts, but I'm just going to read this next one instead of the whole book to you. But it says, creative work is not selfish, is not a selfish act or a bid for attention on the part of the actor. It's a gift to the world and every being in it. Don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. And I think that's great and, and very true that this act of creation is not for ourselves ultimately, but a, I'd say number one is to glorify God. Number two is to love people that we can create in such a way that does those things. And, and I think that's super, super cool. So how does this relate to the chosen? Let's bring this full circle because um, getting a little getting a little off topic it feels, but I would say I would say the chosen is art. 
another coffee sip. And and I'd say it points people to God. And we look at what we just defined as art or creation, and and that falls into it. That the chosen may like even though it has these scenes that are not uh, directly from the Bible, but I think that they write it in such a way that is glorifying to God, that it, it points people to him. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't watch it carefully. And that doesn't mean that we should watch it as a replacement for scripture. But I would just invite you to take a step back and enjoy it, to watch it, to learn from it, um, and and to just allow God to use it as something in your life because I know he's done that for me, that we can watch this and really learn and see the humanity of Jesus and the disciples. That That is the biggest thing it's done for me, that it's truly transformed the the Bible accounts from, from stories in my mind to things that actually happened. And, and I think that that's super unique, and I've never seen that done by any kind of Jesus TV show out there. And, and I think that we should be able to, to watch this and to learn all sorts of things that it can, it can reveal things that the scripture talks about in a new light to us. And, and it can show us things that we just haven't seen, whether that's a small detail that you think is funny from scripture or something more important, like these, these awesome healings that Jesus does and and the lessons he's trying to teach through that. Um, and I think that film, obviously, I'm, I just prefer film as a form of creation. But film is super interesting to me because it has all of these different art forms and it smushes it into one. You have painting, um, which is, you know, this is kind of an artsy way of calling cinematography painting. That's kind of a stretch. But in a way it is. You use lights. You, you use the camera to make these images um, and make them beautiful. And then you also have acting drama that you have actors just, uh, portraying people. And I think that that's an awesome form of art too. And then you also have music that by itself is obviously an amazing form of art. And then you smush it all together <laughs> into what you'd call a film. And I think that's why the chosen is so special because not only does it take the greatest story that ever happened and, and I think, arguably, but I'd say the greatest form of art and it brings it together in such a way that isn't um, something that is not well thought out or intelligent like a lot of other Jesus TV shows. Sorry, not sorry, but it weaves this story through the Gospels in such a way that is beautiful and, and really helps you see all of these scriptures in a new, new light and and I think it's it is it is beautiful, and I think it's glorifying to God. I think that you should watch this, you should uh, consume it, and obviously um, think about it. Don't just ingest this without thinking. Don't take it as scripture, but watch it, enjoy it um, for what it is, and and pray to God uh, to help <laughs> reveal something from it. And I think that you you'll have a fun time, and I know I did because. I can't wait for season three. Um, I think it's going to be super exciting. And I don't know how many episodes they're doing, but at least, spoiler it, at the end of 
season two, they get to the Sermon on the Mount. You kind of see Jesus preparing for the sermon with his disciples and all these, this massive amount of people there. And I think it's uh, super exciting to see what's next. And, and to really, what I'm excited about too, is that we've, we've seen these characters, we've seen Jesus, um, we've seen them develop through two seasons. So whenever the crucifixion happens, um, I really think it's going to help us understand uh, the the importance and the the weightiness of what Jesus did for us um, even greater. And and I think that that's honestly what I'm looking forward to the most. So I hope that this uh, crowdfunded show gets enough funding to um, be able to make it that far. And I think that obviously the important moments after that, um, Jesus rising from the dead, um, the ascension, I think that it's going to be awesome. So you should definitely check it out if you haven't. And you don't have to take it as seriously as I did. I just, you know, I'm a film person, so I like to dissect things bit by bit and probably make them more uh, artistic seeming than they actually are. But, you know, watch it, enjoy it. Um, Also, check us out on iTunes, uh, Nobody Special, and on Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably uh, on one of them. But tell your friends about it because we, me and Danny, we don't do advertisement and um, we would really enjoy if you uh, kind of told your friends about it. You don't have to. But also Facebook and Instagram, uh, you can find us at Nobody Special Podcast. It's a great way to ask us questions through DM, comments there. You can also check us out at thegospelpost.com slash special. Um, it's a great place to ask us questions as well and to say hello. We genuinely love getting those and um, it makes our day reading them. And we'll make sure if it's a question, we'll get to it on the podcast at some point. But moral of the, moral of the podcast is to uh, go create something, put time and effort into it um, to glorify God and in everything you create and do um, and to also watch watch the chosen that I think it's a great form of art and I think that they're glorifying God through it and it's really great uh, so go check it out for sure and I guess that's it for me today I'm Caleb and I am nobody special.